Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from our speaker. Came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. There he goes again, amen, hammering that thing. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, see? And then and Paul even mentioned, I think down in verse 8, he said something about if the rulers down through the ages had God's wisdom, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus Christ. They wouldn't have crucified him. Of course, we'd all be in trouble, but, but, uh, but that was God's plan. That was going to happen, amen? We need to love God. We need to abide in Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, over in 1 Corinthians, you can put your finger, go to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, chapter 15 if you want to. Uh, just put your finger in where you're at. Uh, we need to abide in Christ. I've been teaching this Sunday school about abiding in Christ. I've been teaching this Sunday school on how to bear fruit. We have to bear fruit. You know, we're, uh, it, uh, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We're not hooked to the branch. We're not going to bear any fruit. And, uh, well, we have to stay in tune with Jesus Christ. We have to stay right with him, hooked to him. And uh, uh, so we stay hooked to the vine. It says in John 15, 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. So we all have to be we have to be hooked together there. Uh, uh, that that, compare, that uh, analogy in the Bible is very good. He compares us Christians in our relationship to God with relationships to the Father. We're supposed to have that same kind of relationship. He loved the Father. He, he depended on the Father. And, uh, and uh, John 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He expects us to act the same way he did toward the Father. Now, we're never going to do that 100% because we're human. We have a sin nature. It's difficult for us to uh, uh, dot every I and cross every T. I understand that, but we're supposed to make that effort. Uh, he set the example for us. He wants us to love him, but he wants us to love one another. Here's another commandment, John 5, 15, 12. This is my commandment. That's how it starts off, that ye love one another as I loved you. Now, I love y'all, okay, but... I don't love you as much as he loved the Father. And, uh, but we're supposed to make the effort. We're supposed to roll with the punches. You know, if, if somebody uh, insults you or something, roll with the punches, just smile and go on, man. Love each other, okay? Uh, none of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. I asked my Sunday school class on a, a couple of weeks, I says, what is the one word necessary to abide in Christ? Anybody remember what it was? You probably forgot it. Uh, it's obedience. Obedience. We have to obey it. To abide in Christ, we have to be obedient. <clears throat> um, you know, every day we need to ask for forgiveness. First John 1 9, that's a cleansing verse, not a salvation verse. That's a cleansing verse. Cleanses of the sins of, 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 of getting mad at the driver in front of you on the way to work and, and, uh, and the argument you had with your wife and, and forget. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it, we sin every day. We have to be cleansed of that. That's what 1 John 1 9 is all about. We have to keep ourselves cleansed. And be in the Word of God every day and pray regularly and ask for godly wisdom. Ask for godly wisdom. Uh, we have to abide in Christ. We have to uh, love Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.9, but 
As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Man, I'll tell you what. See, our wisdom and our direction is given us to us by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, whichever way you want to say it. I prefer Holy Ghost, but uh, some people don't like Holy Ghost, so we can say Holy Spirit. Uh, what happens when we get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and lives in our body. He's available to us, and we're supposed to uh, ask him for help and for guidance and pray every day for the Holy Spirit to guide us. That's what he does. He convicts us, and he guides us, and he comforts us when we lose a loved one and leave a lo lose a loved one. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. Realize that he is with you. I, used, I heard a, uh, old Tim Lee, a lot of you remember Tim Lee. He used to preach, uh, uh, preach all the time, and he talked about the Holy Ghost being living inside of you once you get saved. He says, that's why you're not supposed to go to the beer joint. That's not why you're not supposed to cuss. That's why you're not supposed to tell dirty jokes. You got the Holy Ghost with you, and that's true. That's true. See, an unsaved person cannot uh, possess godly wisdom. It's impossible. Uh, the, the Bible says... Uh, but the natural man, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the unsaved person, I mean, that's why we have to get people saved, folks. They're not going to, they're not going to uh, uh, change their life and do things the way we know they should do them unless they have that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we have to witness to them. That's why we have to live right, act right, talk right, do right, so we can witness to them and get them saved, and then they can grow in the Word of God. Being carnal hinders receiving godly wisdom. I believe that carnal is put in the Bible to show that a person could be saved but be living a worldly life. Now, if I'm wrong on that, uh, you can correct me after a while and show me where I'm wrong. I think I'm right on that, on that thinking. Uh, save people living for the world. That's carnal. Uh, and the reason that word is in there, because uh, if it wasn't in there, I, a lot of people would assume that you can lose your salvation when you sin. When you're not living for God, you can lose your salvation. I don't believe that. I believe in eternal security. But I believe when somebody is living a worldly life and they claim to be saved, uh, uh, that they're carnal. So being carnal, uh, carnal uh, hinders receiving godly wisdom. Uh, when, you're, when you're a new Christian, you're like a baby. A new baby drinks milk. We don't give them the new baby. Well, I would give them a, a cheese cone. I tried to do that to several of your kids. Uh, but uh, a baby doesn't eat uh, solid food, doesn't eat meat. They, they drink milk. And then when they get older, why they get into the meat. And we Christians are supposed to be the same way. We're not supposed to drink milk after we're saved for 30 years. And, uh, I mean, I drink milk, but not that kind of milk. But, uh, uh, no, we're supposed to grow. We're supposed to mature, uh, just like we expect the baby to do. And there are people that receive Christ as Savior that are babes in Christ. They don't know much more than they did uh, the, when they got saved. And that's a shame. Paul describes some men in Corinth like this. 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3. Oh, Paul, man, he didn't pull you punches. I mean, just both barrels, you know, cocked them. He was ready. He says, for ye are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, envying, and strife, and divisions. Are you not carnal, and walk as men? So he's kind of laying it on the line. He's, he, I mean, he, he tells it like it is. And Paul, of course, he suffered big for being so outspoken. So did Jesus Christ. Amen. They're walking in their earthly wisdom instead of God's wisdom because they haven't learned God's word and God's will for their life. Boy, if you walk in earthly wisdom, you're in trouble. That's not enough, folks. It's not enough. 
Uh, I read my Bible, I read Proverbs. I read through the book of Proverbs probably three, four times a month in my Bible reading. I make sure it's included in my daily Bible reading. I read through that all the time. I want to get all the wisdom I can get. Uh, and uh, I still have a hard time. I still have a hard time. Uh, but uh, we need godly wisdom. Uh, these people, it goes on worldly wisdom. They haven't been abiding in Christ, the vine and branches thing. I'm talking about saved people here. Uh, they haven't, they haven't uh, been abiding in Christ. Um, we all have a battle between the flesh and the Holy Spirit. They're tugging on us one way, and the Holy Spirit's tugging on us one way, and the, and the devil's tugging on us the other way. And we have that battle constantly. It's easy for us to react wrong to things, especially if you've got a short temper. Uh, uh, you know, you, you can react real bad to a lot of things, and, uh, and that's the battle that we have between the flesh and the Holy Spirit. I, I told my Sunday school class about a, uh, a woman down here uh, uh, at the, at the uh, stop sign, and I pulled up, and I let the truck to my right go, and then it was my turn because she'd pulled up and stopped after I had gotten there, and I turned, and she started to go and uh, had to slam her brakes on, and, uh, and I'm glad I can't read lips because, boy, her mouth was going. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so, you know, I just, okay, you know, uh, I want to throw an egg at her car, but, you know, that, uh, in my heart, you know. But, uh, uh, but that, you know, that's what we're confronted with every day. That's what we're confronted with. You know, I could have backed up and cussed her out and flipped her off and done all that stuff. But no, 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 can't do that. She might show up at church next week. Uh, <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah. But that battle between the flesh and the Holy Ghost, oh, it's there constantly, isn't it? All the people said, thank you. I thought I was the only one. Um, see, a carnal Christian won't lose his salvation, but he will lose his rewards when he stands before Jesus Christ. You've heard about the two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Them are completely different judgments for completely different purposes. You know, when we got saved, our sins went under the blood. We're not going to be, we're not going to stand before Christ and be condemned for them sins. Amen. And uh, that's completely under the blood. But if we don't live right and we don't do anything for God after we're saved and we go through our life just, uh, you know, not doing anything at all, we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ one day and when they hand out rewards, we're going to have empty hands. That's going to be embarrassing, isn't it? To stand before Jesus with no rewards. Oh, Jesus, I just didn't have time to do anything to you, for you. I couldn't go to church regularly. I couldn't witness. I couldn't pray. I couldn't read my Bible. It's going to be awful embarrassing for us. But you're not going to be judged for your sin. The right white throne judgment, that's completely another message. But um, we Christians don't realize how important we are in God's eyes. We really are. God, you know, we're God's toolbox, folks. We are. We're God's toolbox sitting right here in this room right here. And we don't realize how important that is in God's eyes. Because God doesn't come down here, and, 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 or Jesus, or, or, don't come down here visually and appear to people and lead them to Christ. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. What an important tool we are in God's toolbox if we'll just allow him to use us. If we'll just allow him. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We are the temple of God. We're carrying the Holy Spirit. I went through that before. We're carrying the Holy Spirit. We're the temple of God. We are pretty important. If, you, if you're carrying the Holy Ghost around with you, man, you're, you're in tall cotton, son, as Daryl Cox would say. I mean, you're there. That's wonderful. And the Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. 
So remember that when you think you're wise in the world and you've got all the answers, uh, God says it's foolishness. Uh, you're not going to, I said to my Sunday, you Sunday school uh, people in my class, you're getting double duty here. Uh, I said to my Sunday school class, what are we going to talk about when we get to heaven? Are we going to talk about the, 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 our house? Are we going to talk about our nice cars? Are we going to talk about our uh, increase in income? Are we going to talk about our wardrobe? Or what are we going to talk about? Our, our stocks that we've got purchased? No, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how he raised up off a deathbed, how he comforted us when we lost a loved one. We're going to talk about souls that we, uh, we got saved and souls that we saw saved, that we prayed for, that came down the aisle and got saved. See, this is what we're going to talk about in heaven. All the other stuff's not going to happen, folks. It seems awful important here. And to some degree, it is. I mean, we have to prepare for retirement, and money is important, but boy, when you put it up here, and I think you did that this morning, when you put it up here and put God down here, not good, not good. 1 Corinthians 3.20, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, they are vain. You mean God can read my mind? Yeah, be careful what you think about, especially men. I've said this before, our eyes, we're men, okay? We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Paul gained wisdom from God. Paul got wisdom from God. He wanted wisdom from God. He was sold out to God, and and he didn't marry and and, and didn't have a family. He was sold out to God 100%. What what was the result of that? He became a great soul winner. He became a great missionary. He became a great church planner. Uh, he wrote 13 epistles in the Bible, and it's, see, it's all about getting people saved. That's what Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul was all about. Boy, if we could get to that point, we could have revival. Amen? We could just, every one of us, win one a week. Just think, I don't know how many people here tonight, 50, 60. Uh, just think, if, if we could all win one a week and do that constantly, we'd be on a building program here in about six months. Amen? We got them all in. If we got them all in. That's the hard part, getting them in, believe me. Look at Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived except for Jesus Christ. Uh, turn to uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Yeah, he was the wisest man that ever lived except in his later, latter days. I and mean, he had all them women. But women, women really, uh, uh, a man can really fail because of women. I- I'm telling you, I mean, <laughs> nothing gets women. But I'm telling you, you can take a man's mind and a man's heart, he can really mess up. I mean, David did, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and then Solomon, he got off, and Solomon's son after him had the same problem. Uh, one of the oodles uh, of wives, and so on and so forth. First uh, Kings chapter 3, uh, uh, Solomon was the king of Israel, and his father had just died, okay? David had just died. And, uh, and it says in First Kings 3, 5, And Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God asked, what shall I give thee? Woo! Wouldn't you like to do that? Wouldn't you like to be dreaming and God appeared to you and say, what do you want? Tell me anything you want. And that's what he did to Solomon. And oh, Solomon, he's scared to death. He just entered into, a, he said, I'm a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. Solomon was, was green at this king stuff. He had just become king. And uh, he was overwhelmed with the responsibility. Just imagine, here, you men in here, just imagine jerking you out of that pew and putting you up in the White House as President of the United States, how you would feel. Every one of us would be overwhelmed. I'd resign about an hour later. Uh, uh, every one of us would be overwhelmed. I mean, and, and this, is where, this is where old Solomon was. Um, here was Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. It says, Give therefore my servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. What a prayer. Amen. Amen. 
who is able to judge this so great a people. And verse 10 says, And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Wow. How many people would do that? How many people would do that? Ever, all of us be asking for riches and a bigger house and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's our tendency. Um, but he didn't ask for riches. But God gave them to him anyway. He asked for the right thing, but he ended up the richest man that ever lived. I don't know how to, I'm not that good with math. I can't calculate uh, what his worth was and compare it to today's dollars. If anybody's ever done that, let me know. I'd like to know. But, but uh, <clears throat> a, a somewhat wise person said that he was the richest man that ever lived. It gave him wisdom. Do we want God's wisdom? Just ask yourself that. Do I really want God's wisdom? Uh, if so, you've got to abide in Christ. You've got to make Christ number one, nothing else. Get nothing. Go to bed an hour earlier. Get up an hour earlier so you can spend time with God in the morning. Or just don't sleep like Mrs. Lanterman. She spends a lot of time with God because she never sleeps. She never sleeps. She never slumbers. Uh, but uh, no, I'll tell you what, this is uh, uh, abiding in Christ is so important, being close to God. Uh, turn, to, uh, Pro uh, turn to Proverbs a minute, Proverbs chapter 10. And we'll be a couple other places. Proverbs is a great book, man. I, I, I love Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And, uh, and, and, and note this. Proverbs is a book of principles. It's not a book of promises. Not everything it says in Proverbs is a promise. It may not happen. It kind of depends on uh, your relationship to God and the wisdom that you have and how you raise your family, and if you turn right or turn left on the way to work, you know. I mean, there are a lot of things in life that gets into this, whether it's a, it, it comes true or not. So it is, it's a book of general principles. Uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and he shall not depart from it. But that doesn't mean that every child is going to grow up and just be, whoo, wonderful. Someone's going to depart from it. Like I say, it's a book of general principles, not a book of promises. Wisdom means skill of living. Uh, some people say the application of knowledge. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21, it says, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And look, at, here's the purpose of Proverbs. Let me give you the purpose of Proverbs in Proverbs 1, verse 2. If you want to turn back to there. It says, To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. That's the purpose of Proverbs. That's why we should read it often. We should study it often. Uh, God used men like Solomon and Paul and David and others and it, to encourage us to seek wisdom. And uh, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's Proverbs 1.7. See, if you want to change your life, uh, and if you want to change your priorities, and that's what we have to do. We have to prioritize things. But if you want to change your life and change your priorities, start with Proverbs 8, 17. It says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. There you go back, making time for God. Seek me early. I think that means in the morning. You say, well, I'm not a morning person. Well, um, whatever. Seek him in the evening then, but just seek him. Amen. Just do it. Now, I need, I try to study my Bible. I'll go home at night sometimes and try to study my Sunday school lesson and my uh, sermon for the nursing home and all that kind of stuff. And after about 15 minutes, man, I'm, my head's bouncing off the desk. Uh, I got to do it in the morning. I got to do it in the morning. I sometimes get about five in the morning, so I'll have time to study. 
Uh, and it's important that we do. Seek me early and shall find me. See, the moral condition of our country is not the fault of the politicians, folks. It's really not. It starts with the home, your home and other people's home. I'm talking on a national basis. It starts with the home. And if an immoral home raises immoral children, then the church is empty. And then some of those immoral children uh, 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 don't have godly training and they become our nation's leaders. Isn't that right? And that's what's going on up there right now. Raised without God, without any training. I mean, they're liars and two-faced, a uh, bunch of dogs up there. Uh, and I could say other things. But that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Proverbs 14.34. It tells us, the reason why I know that's where we are right now, it says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Why is our, you know, if everybody, if, if the Christians, and I think, and I've said this before, and I could be all wet, if you study statistics, and I am all wet, let me know, but I think we're probably in the category of really born-again Christians being about 10% of our nation's population. That's what I think. Uh, I don't have anything to back that up. That's just what I think. Uh, but uh, if, uh, if the 10% would live a righteous life, and abide in Christ, and stay close to God, and love their neighbor, and do all the things I've been talking about right here, it would change our nations. Amen. It would change our nation. It really would. Now, do we as a church want uh, our, our, you know, to change our country? Sure, it starts at home. You folks in here that's got young children, remember this. What, remember this. It starts at home. Um, it's a reflection. Uh, it, it's reflected in the workplace and in the neighborhood but it starts at home with training your children. We want our country to be different. We adults, we have to uh, let our neighbors and our people in the workplace know that, that, uh, that, that we are a Christian without standing up, going up there and standing up and saying, well, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you. And we don't do that. You just act right, do right, talk right. Don't participate in the filthy language and the jokes and, and all the other things. We've got to act like Christians in our home. You let your children uh, watch bad movies, uh, you let them listen to bad words that comes out of your mouth when you're angry. Uh, you have a glass of wine with dinner occasionally and let your children see that. See, when they grow up, they're going to think it's okay. That's the way children think. They're going to think it's all right to do these things, no matter what you say to them. Remember this, what adults do in moderation, children will do in excess. And that's a fact, and that is a fact. I won't give an invitation here. My piano player, you can, you can make your way. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.